There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minion! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. I seriously did. I had no clue. Long Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am RU Screening's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is uh, Shane Leonard. I was, I was actually going to try and figure out another way to bag on you, but now you're not doing anything today. So. Oh, you want me to fidget some more? <laughs> well, I got my phone out, and I'm texting. And This week, we are doing uh, Dread 3D, and we may have some more from the Toronto International Film Festival. Right. Um not absolutely sure if he if Christopher's calling in again this week, but he talked about calling in and I told him go ahead and I don't know that we mm-hmm. absolutely finalized that, but he may call in probably like somewhere around halfway through the show. That's cool. If he can do it, awesome. You know, we like hearing from you, Christopher. And if for some reason, you know, life gets in the way or whatever, we heard from you last week about a lot of great stuff. And, right. And, and, and like the biggest ones. And yeah. he. So you're not on the chopping block he, if you don't get a call in. He sent me like a report with like kind of mini reviews on all of the movies that he saw. So that will be up on the site. He didn't but, send me a report. But, yeah, I know he didn't send you a report. How come I don't care? Reports. I don't know. It seems kind of loud. Are we like really loud right it, it, now? No, know. this we'll, is what we'll I was saying. How it goes. I think it sounds great, but yeah. we can turn it down. Okay. Head anyway, so this week we've got uh, Dread. We've always got a technical we've issue. Got, yeah, I know. We we need like a guy. <laughs> That's what it. we need. We need like an intern who yeah. is interested in sound and stuff, and then we'll have that. Would be story. awesome. Okay, so uh, this week Dread 3D. Uh, I do want to uh, go with something before we start. Because um, much as we love all the listeners and everything, Uh-oh. we should open up the chat, actually. Because, uh, <laughs> Let's prove right. that we love the listeners exactly. in right. case they pop in. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know you know, it's Dread 3D. If you right. happen to be live, you know, call in. We'll, we'd love to hear from you. We'll, we'll have somebody else calling in anyway. So, you know, right. you might as well jump on board and tell Absolutely. us that you love Dread 3D or hated right. it or – or could or you not, only could not believe that version. that was Carl Urban, or, right. or yeah, wow, that, that's going to be something I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, you really are mad that they defiled the Stallone version with this nonsense, or you know, whatever. Call yeah. in, get in the <laughs> chat room, let us know your thoughts. But uh, what I want to do is, as much as we love our listeners, and we are amazed at how many we have, I want reviews on iTunes. Oh, we're we're calling out the listeners now. That's okay. right, I am. All right, that's I a have, surefire I, way to get less of them. I, I, I did it before because <laughs> yeah, you, you know, did. if you're listening to the show, I said it before, and I stand behind the statement. If you're listening to the show and you keep tuning in and right. you you know you subscribe, you you've got us. Well, I mean, we love you. That's awesome, yeah, right? But if you're doing that, you're not telling anyone about it. You're not sharing it on Facebook. You're not telling your friends. <laughs> 
You're not rating us on iTunes. We can't prove that you are anyway. You must be. Right. Right. You're not. There can't be that many people right. out there that really like us. You're not us. giving us reviews on iTunes. You know, even like bad ratings would at least be some ratings or something. Right. Then basically you're stealing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's just what, the avenue you're going to go down. That's right. If you, I mean, if you're just, we have to get something out of this. All right? thoughts and opinions expressed <laughs> by Mark Eastman are in fact not representative of the whole show, just Mark Eastman. So. No, but it's my show there. Well, so, anyway, anyway no, I'll just okay. sweep up. So I want to get some reviews on iTunes. So right. uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a contest to try to get some reviews. And, you know, it's not like, oh, you can only win if you say that we're the greatest thing ever. It's just right. going to be based on that, that there are some reviews. And, you know, hopefully if you go there and do a review and there's a rating and, you know, we just want to get some numbers in there. So here's how this is going to work. Tomorrow, this show will be in a post at com. Yeah. tomorrow morning, hopefully, but tomorrow for sure, this will be there. So, like, it, you know, if you're listening to the live version, then you have to wait a while and come right. back, if you, whatever. And here's what we're going to do. You go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. Look up the show on iTunes. We are there. It's the letter R, the letter U. Instant reaction review. It's pretty easy to find. As soon as you say "are you" and start typing anything else, it comes up pretty quick when you're searching for it. Is it "are you" like "r space you" or just "are you"? No, it's just the letter "r," the letter "u," okay, and then space instant reaction there review. There it is. Perfect. And uh, so go to that in iTunes, leave a review. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you got to go to areyouscreening.com, to the post for this show, and leave a comment and, you know, say, tell us what review you're related to, right, so that we know who you are and that you actually left a review on iTunes, okay? Okay. And in that comment, when you sign in to leave the comment, you've got to have, like, some way for us to contact you, your email address or something like that, okay? And this is only going to go till November 1st, and we will talk about it in future shows up till November first. If if nobody if we don't get there by November first, then it's just too bad. I'm just ending the contest, right? <laughs> but here's how it's gonna go. There's only thirty possible entries to win. Okay. When we get to thirty reviews or thirty comments that people have left reviews, then right. that's it. And then, you know, we go to random.org and randomly pick somebody from those thirty and then you win. And here's what you win. I have a copy of the Best Buy exclusive four-movie pack of Terminator series on Blu-ray. Cool. And that's what you win. It's all four movies. It's got tons of special features. It's Blu-ray pack. I don't even know what it costs, actually. It's like 40 or 50 bucks sure. or something like that. But. Yeah. But so that's what you can win. Um, all the Terminator movies. I thought that is, you know, almost kind of related to Dread 3D since I had to come up with something in yeah. the same sort of genre yeah. or something. So okay, there's that. So go and leave reviews and win. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's the end of that. that I'm just fun. we'll see how it goes. I'm just tired of there like being nothing <laughs> on iTunes, and, and I know people are listening through iTunes. Right. I know people are subscribed. And I know we have thousands of listeners. And, That's awesome. And, and you know, somebody, somebody might really love, and somebody in those numbers must and I, terminate I, it. And, you know, I think really, I mean, everybody says this on every show and everything, but 
uh, I think people really have no idea how helpful that is and how yeah. beneficial that mm-hmm. is to a podcast to get ratings and reviews. It, it really yeah. changes things for us and makes a big difference. So, right. so get out there and uh, give us a review. Okay. So yeah. I think that's about it. We've already, you know, talked about uh, Chris might be calling in and right. I don't think there's anything else. I actually got surprisingly few emails this week. Yeah. We have been getting a lot of emails and last week the numbers were were really pretty good. Yeah. And yet I got almost no email, so nobody asked me any crazy questions. Okay. Nobody nobody had a lot of interest in furthering <laughs> the discussion of Resident Evil. So Well that's okay. So that's um, kind of good news in its own way. Okay, so Dread three D, which I just I have to start out by saying we did not see in 3D. Yeah, this is a because bit of a our theater, our theater here did not offer it in 3D, and we went in That's and we so were. Weird. We, I, I about lost my mind. Yeah, it's it was. It was a funny moment to watch of you do the it. movie. So we didn't see it in 3D, and I just to start out, I was like really surprised by how much I liked this movie. Yeah, and I was, I was gonna say, except that you kind of let me know before we start. I was going to say, if you come in and hate this movie, we might have our, our biggest difference right. that we've been looking for, like right. really a big difference between us. Yeah. But then no, you, I, I you, you really, said you liked it. Yeah, too. I really had a lot of I fun. thought it was really interesting to go through this movie, just, you know, for one thing, that it's really hard to convince yourself that that's Carl Urban. If you, if you it's don't so know, weird. It, he's not like a name... Like if I stay, if I say Sylvester Stallone, you know, and you can imagine, you know, only seeing his bottom of his nose and his face. But if, if right, people don't know who Carl Urban is, he's probably most famous recently for being uh, Bones in the new Star Trek film, right. McCoy, Doctor right. McCoy. And if you if you just think of his face from any of the trailers that you've seen for Star Trek or for you know having seen the film or seeing him in other stuff, he's not a new. Face, he's, right. no, he's, he's a working a, he, guy. He's been in, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was the bad guy in that priest movie. Yep. I mean, you just, if you scroll through, he's been certainly busy the last like six or seven years. Right. And he's been working longer than that. But all of a sudden, I had to, I like forgot. He said something, or he looked a certain way um, at Anderson in the film, at his trainee, and I recognized him as McCoy only in that moment. Just, he, only, just as, only as, only as, right. only as Carl Urban then. I couldn't see him right. as that guy. It, it was almost like they put like this weird prosthetic on his face, and he was cha- he changed his voice. It was very gravelly, right, and very judgmental, you know, right. pun intended. But yeah, he was great, and it's it was a hoot really to just realize that this is a guy who I would recognize as a certain person, but never as this guy. Right. It, it, it was just, awesome. It was strange, and he was. I thought he was really good. He was really good. I thought he was really good in the movie, which just surprised me to a certain extent that anybody would be really good in this movie. Yeah. Like going in, I had really low hopes for this movie. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I was too probably jaded from like the original, which is, yeah. which I th- just thought was super goofy. It's a horrible nonsense, film, but right? it's a lot of fun if you can just give into the, the goofy it, popcorn. It does, it does it. have its fun, but I just. This especially because this one looks so serious. <laughs> it you know, does. if you see like the trailers of the first one, you're like, okay, I mean, I kind of know it. what I'm in for. That right. you know that it's going to be the the way it is, I yeah. guess, right? And then you see the trailers for this one, and you're like, 
Uh, right. <laughs> what, what are they doing now? Because right. the trailers make it seem so serious, and it is really serious the whole time. Yeah. But anyway, I thought he was really good, and it's it's not like you know there's anything bad about it or that it was you know throwing me off or he's weird looking or anything like that. It just didn't look like him. It didn't look it, like and him. And that's sort of almost silly to say because half his face is covered for the whole movie. But still, right. it just did. It just didn't seem like him. So anyway, um, Dread 3D. So we know the basic idea of w- what we're doing here. We right? have to stop calling it Dread 3D, though. <laughs> but that's the name of the movie. Well, it's funny. There are certain. It's called Dread. But if it's being shown on the marquee as Dread 3D, one could expect that it was being shown in 3D. Right. And I just I refuse. This is my stance against the theater. I refuse to call it 3D anymore because. But that is officially the name of the movie. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's anyway. Whatever. So, um, you know, we're in the future. We've got the whole mega city thing going on. I mean, we're like way in the future somewhere where the Earth has been obviously through countless wars or whatever. And there's all all we know, I guess, from this movie is mega city. For all for all we know, that could be all that exists. If you're a fan from, of the from story, what they tell us in the movie, yeah. If you're a fan of the story, you know that the world is really broken up into these huge. They're not continental things, but Mega City is really like from northern, uh, northeastern Canada all the way down to Virginia, all the way across to just before Chicago. It's like one state, but it's this huge like terrain, and it's just never, it's just never ending. It's, it's like, just one, and then there's other there's other terrains and that go, th- like Greater Chicago is like now basically like all of the rest of Canada and the Northern Territory of the United States. So um, there are factions in the United States that are just these huge places, and Mega City 1 is this enormous place, and Judge Dredd doesn't police the whole thing. He polices a sector of it. Right, he's got his, his little area, and and uh yeah, so it's it's insanely Sorry. it's insanely giant city it's huge. Ness, and it all looks like they show these, you know, panoramic views every yeah. once in a while and it just it all looks exactly the same as the rest. Yep. Like as far as the eye can see. It's just these gigantic towers. Right. And then there's like, you know, a little bit of space in between yep. until you get to the next giant tower, and then it's just a big grid made up right. of that, basically. So instead of human and, you know, urban sprawling being lateral, you know, on a, on a horizontal line, it's now right. vertical. Everybody just lives in these. Right. And it's like 200, it's 200 stories, stories, right. You know, and there's just self contained cities, basically, right. in them. And so everything works. I mean, this is, you know, the same, basically, as the other movie. It's, right. you know, there isn't like. A police force and and uh, uh, you know the whole system as we think of it now. The right. system is just that there are these people called judges, and they are they're the cops, they're the juries, they're the judges, yeah. they're the executioner. Yep. They they you know look at you and go, "This is your crime. This is your sentence." Boom. Right. Yep. I mean, and otherwise they haul you off to the ISO cells yep. or the whatever kind of jail they have for the minor transgressions or whatever but you know if attempted murder you're guilty of attempted murder boom you're dead that's right that's how the judges work so now uh we get like a pretty cool intro kind of to him and then what happens is that we've got the new recruit yep and the new recruit is psychic and 
so now the real movie plays out where he's taking her and there's, you know, stuff about she just barely didn't pass the test right. or whatever. Um, but we're going to let that slide because she's majorly psychic. Right. And we want her out in the field. And, you know, clearly you have to have the whole backstory going on of this that, you know, the judges are losing, right? I mean, right. because crime is just yeah. insanely rampant and, you know, the bad guys really control the vast majority of everything that happens and there's only so many judges and all that. So, right. so you know, somebody doesn't pass by like 3% or something. We're going to try and find a way to have another judge if right. we can, especially if they're psychic. Yeah. So uh, Dredd has to take her out for her, you know, field evaluation, exam, yeah. evaluation thing, whatever. And then it's, I guess it's it's pretty much basically, it's funny because what we get in little bits here and there, and especially right when we're talking about her, but, you know, it kind of comes out more throughout the rest of the movie is that not only is it that the judges are, you know, if they say you're guilty, then they just shoot you. There's no appeal. Right. Yeah. But also it's like, you know, this is this is what they've been trained to do since they're like tiny kids. Right. And you get to a certain point where you're going to you go out and then you're actually doing it. And it's kind of like, you know, everybody listens to you it, higher up the food chain of whatever government there is, right. like people just take the judges at their word and yeah. listen to them and they're, you know, whatever. So for testing her, you know, she goes out with him and that, and like, that's all there is. Right. It's, it's like, if he says you pass, you pass. And if he right. says you fail, you fail. Right. And, th and that's all there is to it. Yeah. So it's like they, they train them however they train them. And by the time they're done, we're going to listen to what they say. Right. So that's pretty much the the where the movie goes is we go out with our new recruit and we happen to get a call about three murders at one of these gigantic towers mm -hmm. and then it turns out that uh this arch villain Mama yeah who I had a little bit of a problem with anyway but um she runs that whole tower right. and and we're led to understand that it's perfectly normal that in any of these 200 story tall, and it's not just like they're 200 stories, right? I mean, they're, no, they're, they're giant enormous. wide right. too. Right. And it's like each level, you know, every couple of levels, that's practically a city in itself. Right. right? So we, we get the idea that it, it's very normal for there to be maybe, you know, like three or four gangs. Right all kind of vying for control up and down the tower and different quadrants and yep. who controls this. And then there's the turf wars don't happen like we would think now. Now it's like, you know, level 39 south and east right. is one gang or, you know, whatever. And she has managed to take over this whole tower. Right. And there were these other gangs and we hear about how there was, I don't know, like three other gangs or something. Three, yeah. And then she took them out, which what I what I really thought was awesome in this movie, even though it's kind of stupid, was uh the judged. The the one gang yeah. <laughs> the one gang that she took out that right. like they they dressed up like judges they had and they were on bad guys. And and they, yeah. Anyway, that was cool. So anyway, so she runs this whole thing. 
So they go in and they're, you know, just trying to find out about these murderers and they happen to stumble into the right place. And since she's psychic, she knows that the guy did it. Right. And, or she's 99% sure. And, right. and interestingly, we cannot convict somebody on 99% yeah. sure or something. I can't just shoot him because you're 99% sure. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of going, really? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. There are rules. I feel like maybe that doesn't fit all that well. <laughs> anyway, um, but but also, you know, he's a weird kind of a crotchety old, you know, snarly judge. Mm -hmm. And he's not in love with her being there anyway because he's – well, right. she didn't pass. Right. So, and so right. from the beginning, he doesn't want to have to take her out anyway. Yeah. So she says 99% sure, and he goes – you know, right. Well, ninety-nine percent sure. Yeah. Can't do anything <laughs> Can't with that. that. Yeah. Right. So, so now they're taking him out, and that becomes the key because you know, if apparently if we take him in, he's going to talk. Right. The, the idea. Everybody that knows that their questioning methods are basically one hundred percent. Right. He's going to find that missing percent. Every and... everybody is very sure that if we take him in for questioning, right. <laughs> he's going to talk, including Mama. Yeah. And she can't have that. Although that was one of the things that kind of threw me a little bit because I'm I'm not quite so sure why why she cares so much she, or, or how that comes together that it would really ultimately make a hell of a lot of difference to her because, you know, who's he going to tell what and why is she going to care? She's already trying to kill judges and doing well, about she, as bad a stuff as yeah, you do, right, right? She's already earned her death sentence. At right. this point in the building, there's a new drug that's hitting the streets, not just this building, called slow-mo, and it slows the brain's recognition of, of activity of what you see and perceive to 1%. So everything is this trippy, slow motion thing. And you see it, we see it as an audience demonstrated when mama's in the tub and she flips her hand and you see right. a million water it's, droplets go everywhere very slowly, very beautifully. It, it's one of those drugs that they invent for movies that you wonder why that's an interesting drug, right. except that it makes for cool shots. It makes for great shots. And it probably, looked, movie, it probably right. looks really good in 3D. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's scenes of smoke and weird lighting and stuff. So she's making this new, crazy, addictive and, you know, dangerous drug in this in this tower. And this guy that they've picked up, he knows he's one of the he he's one of her underlings and and if he spills the but he's a he's the a secret, fairly big he's player, a player I guess right. whatever and in if, her world if he whatever. she knows if he leaves the tower if the judges have him and they interrogate him that you understand that they'll do whatever they have to do to get the information and and he will say and look slow mo was coming from here and they'll come for her and her cushy little secure drug cartel will be threatened why right. she might not. Maybe she can't go to other towers or maybe she can't go to other places. But the idea yeah, is now she has to protect this. And I thought it was pretty creative how she does it. Basically, all the buildings have a war setting where they just self-close. And it's basically and, like drawing right, the barricades. The whole thing is on lockdown. Pulling up the bridge and, you know, and putting out is, the gators in the moat, that kind of thing. Right, and, gigantic sheets of metal cover every entrance to the place and no one can get in or out. Once it closes, like you would imagine like a an, an open dome, you know, for athletics and it starts raining. It just the the top closes, the walls right. close and there's no way in or out. And, and and so she does this because they they find out that they've got right. that guy and she knows he's going to talk. Right. 
and she like gets on the intercom of the whole tower and yeah. says, you know, go the, get me that. There's two judges yeah, in the go building kill now, the judges and no and, one's getting in or out until they're dead. Right. And, you know, get them. And now right. what's really cool is, you know, the judges are locked in with all these people and they're not all great, but there's a big bounty kind of hunt for right. these guys. And I, I like that. I like that idea that yeah. basically you come in and now you can't get it, out. It, and... it, it was a kind of an interesting spin, especially the way the world is set up, even as quickly as uh, this movie does it. And it does it pretty well, actually. I mm-hmm. mean, for uh, having to get things moving quick. and get yeah. you to understand what's going on. But we have already kind of set up the world such that, you know, the, like people get the hell away from the judges. Oh, yeah. When you I see mean, a judge, you move. They are serious, and they have their yeah. own special crazy guns that shoot all yeah. these different bullets that can do everything. Yeah. Which, as much as I thought it came together good at the beginning, the one thing that I kind of didn't like about it was that it was so good at giving you, like, your impression of the judges that that early on guy who just like kind of stops and then stands there with the hostage, I'm thinking, who in this world would do that? Yeah. If we were really in this world and you were really a criminal, you would know about judges, and would that really be your play? Is that you would just keep running? No one would just. He, stand I, don't there. Had, I don't know if he had anywhere to go. I think that was what they were trying to show. Maybe he literally had nowhere to go. When he, had he, was, one hostage, he was in the quarter, and he I was. Guess. He was. It done. just seemed kind of weird. I'm like. Man, I don't think I'd be going. I'm. I have a hostage, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to do because is that right. going to work with the? He just shoot you through the lane right. or something, or you know who knows. Right. I, I don't know. But so they have these guns that have you know incendiary bullets and armor piercing bullets and all, and then they have these like super cool grenades. Yep. So I thought it was great that they did that actually because you have already set them up as such unbelievable badasses. I mean, it's like you've got, you know, thousands of Batmans running through the streets, right? And then it's like, how can we put them in a situation where they're actually in trouble? Right. Right. Because you have to have some kind of convincing amount of trouble. Otherwise, you just have a whole movie of this guy walking through, through everybody, mowing everybody down, and it's no big deal. Right. So now he's trapped. Everybody's after him, you know, and he's only got so much ammo, and he can only, you know, he's two guys. I mean, right. he's he's got the the rookie. He's with a judge, him. and he's got a rookie, right? That's but the funny he's part. but he's got two people, and he's basically trapped in like one gigantic whole city of people after him. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really cool that they they I don't even know you know that could be like right from. The comic. The comic is a that, long that could be like, story. There's that could so be many. some exact yeah. part or something, I and I don't know. But I thought that was a cool way, you know. To we have to. Try I love and the moment too. Danger going on. There's a moment where he's on the first floor. He's about to walk out with his rookie, uh, you know, apprentice, and and this this crook and the bad guy, and and, and and then all of a sudden they're on the bottom floor, and the door is just shut on him, and he and you're going. Turns, How do you not dive out the door? Right. <laughs> you're. You're you're sitting there, and then Mama gets on the loudspeaker, like you said, and tells everyone, like, you know, no one's getting in or out until I get these guys. They're dead, you know. And and Dredd turns on his heels. He looks around for a second. He realizes where he's at, and he goes, all right, I know what, I'm, I know what we're doing. We're going to go to the top, and we're going to end this, and we're going to open the door from her office, basically. Right. And when he turns, 
this is a whole place and it's a good reminder that it's not just like your average criminal den. Um all these people start scattering. Yeah, like right. they just they run. Like they're afraid like maybe Dread is gonna shoot me and use my bones to prop the door open. Right. But they just clear out. And it's a funny moment where not funny ha, huh, but it's a fun moment where you realize that it's you know, it's a take on society where people are living in these places because they have to. They can't live outside. But this is what the law wants people to do, which is just get out of my way, run. If you're innocent, leave me alone, run. Right. You know, I just thought that was a fun visual because people just turn and they just poke it out of there. Right. It, it was like turning on the lights and all the roaches right, exactly. find their little hole. It was even right. cooler because a second later he goes around a corner and has the sense to go into the medical facility. And he thinks he can lock down until reinforcements show up. Right. And the the you understand he's probably the doctor or maybe they don't even have them anymore. He's just the chief the, the door guy, guy who's the medical there, one. Whatever, and he right. just says, you're not getting in. Like, you cannot come in. And there's a fun moment where Dredd is like, I'm the law. Let me in. And he's like, this supersedes your law at the moment. Like, this is like, right. you're not coming in. Which, what's what's kind of interesting about that, especially with the doctor part right there, because the doctor is, you know, supposed to be a fairly right. okay guy in the midst of this hellhole building right. that they're in. And, you know, you're in this building where all these people live and it's sort of slummy or whatever. Right. But it's kind of like, you know, when the criminal element takes over your whole building, you you get the impression that there are fairly okay places to live in, in right. Mega City, right? Yeah. And where, you know, it's not like every tower is, is like this, is like this right. right? But when your tower gets taken over by the criminals, right? Yeah. It's not like you go, I'm going to move to the next, I'm just tower, going to the next right? tower, right? There's no. nowhere to go. Right. You, can, you, just, you spend more time <laughs> in your place. That's right. It. You just, yeah. you just um, put up – people have like their chain link fences on yep. their door and, you know, you just do whatever you can, but everybody's in there. And, yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the doctor is kind of like this – last bastion of sanity or something and yeah. he's he's the okay guy and he's like man i want to let i want to yeah. let you in yeah. but if i let you in here right. and then i know you're going to get killed anyway right. and, and then gonna i'm going to get killed right. right but it's funny the way that that plays out with him as kind of the same person because He's kind of given the judge's own theory back at them, right? Mm-hmm. Because the law is what I say it is, and, and that's what the law is because otherwise I'll kill you. Right, right. And he's going, but look, they're going to kill you, so they're the law now. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, they're they're the ones who can kill anyone they want to right now, right. especially when it's locked down right. and you're not getting help in here before you're dead. And like Mama's going through the whole story, you know, like so we're it's just the drug deal gone bad and this yep. one thing and nobody'll know anything and so those two judges are are dead and right. and whatever life will go on, right? Because right. I can lock this place down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's funny because they run through all of these things in the movie that like sets that up. They've got the guy that she turned into like part computer by poking his eyes out and putting these weird eyes in. Yeah. Who runs all the computer stuff? And he calls like central command and says, "We're running a test." Right. So like ignore any alarms or things that right. might come off. Right. So we're running all sorts of war tests on the tower. And apparently, this is a thing that ha- that really happens, right? Because they're okay with it. They're like, yeah, Which fine. Seems odd in itself, but still, I mean, it gets us where we need to be with 
calling stuff in, I, right. I guess, or whatever, because that otherwise that would be too easy, right? right? Then the movie's over in five minutes. Right. So okay, good and bad about the movie. Like I think we've I think we've run through well, and the rest the of the story. film is basically like how you know how dread gets the rest of, of the rest of the story is get the bad guys it, right. I mean you. You know exactly it's pretty standard where stuff. it's going, but it does do a lot of things in cooler ways than I expected. Anyway, it it keeps things moving, yeah, in pretty interesting ways, so that it's not just okay. Fine, I'm fighting again, and I'm shooting someone again, or whatever. Right. It's not just oh, he runs it, into another it group of people. Doesn't feel repetitive, yeah. Right. It's it it's there's a rhyme and reason behind what's happening and there I think are pretty legitimate moves on both sides yeah. that make it more interesting too. There is, you know, what the bad guys really would do now that things are not working and they need something else to do. Yeah. Although the the one thing with the giant crazy Gatling guns I think was a little bit of That's uh, my biggest overkill. Overkill is just there's a scene there's a series of moments um right around there that is my Pretty much the only negative I have to say about it. But I'm curious. Wait, you said you had like a big negative about Lena Headley, the the woman who plays Mama. Like you're like I got a big thing about her. Like what was right. the, what's the big negative? I'm curious. I well, okay. Now this is probably very nitpicky and strange mm-hmm. or something. But I just don't believe she runs this game. Oh, this is and is it because she's a woman. Is this is this how it goes? It's it's not, or just because of the kind of woman she is. It's not necessarily because she's a woman. It's because she's a woman and a pretty small woman, and a pretty small <laughs> woman who doesn't walk around with a bunch of guns or something, mm-hmm. or her like dedicated bodyguards that never leave her side, who legitimately like her and are going to protect her for their own reasons in this exact situation, because in this situation that we've set up as the crime element and the, you know, the bad guy way things are going, it's like, it's like too much chaos of a crime organization. You know what I mean? If you, it like, if you're making a movie about the mob, and a woman was in charge of the mob, right? Right. I could buy that because the mob has like a theory that is something different than just total chaos. Right. And that doesn't mean that, you know, the heads of the mob don't get knocked off by their own people sure. sometimes and, you know, power right. shifts and the whole thing that could still happen. But still, while, you know, the woman is in power. But in this place, the whole thing is just complete chaos. And I just don't buy that her own people did not whack her at some point. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, that's that's its sorry. own sorry. that's its own very nitpicky thing. But well, especially because she's such a wacko, right? In a situation like this, where even if you're her own guy, you have no reason to believe that she's not going to kill you too in the right. next five minutes. And at some point, that I think is boiling over. And somebody is somebody's taking her out. Right. I, I mean, that's just that's well, just how it came through to me was it, that the situation was so crazy that it you did not have the sort of theoretical honor among thieves thing that right. you might have in like the mob. And you know, some little pipsqueak guy can run the mob if right. if it works out that way. Yeah. It might not be might think, not be the way it works out, but still. She she reminded me a little bit of 
um, Tarantino's Oren Ishii, you know, this small woman who doesn't seem very dangerous and is lopping off heads and boardrooms and all the other men are basically just not doing anything because she's proving in front of everybody how nuts she is. Like what you're saying. Like, I think one of the things that made, and I don't remember her from, I didn't read a ton of Judge Dredd comics. I mean, I'm familiar enough with the environment, the time, the city, the, the bike, the weapons, you know, all the stuff. I'm familiar enough with all of it to, to go on, but I don't know the real specifics. And there have been a ton of Judge Dredd stories, so right. maybe she's in one of them. It just seemed to me that she, like what you were saying, it seemed like she got kind of the fear and the strength of her position because, like when she attacks the computer guy, the, the tech guy who runs the building for her, she did it in front of everybody, and she did it in the most vile way. She drew, right, she right. drove her thumbs into his eyes and you know pulled them out and then right. And she's them. killed plenty of people in horrible, she, gruesome, crazy ways. Yeah, and right. and in the most vile ways. And it seems that most of those, except one, I think when she finally killed the guy with her teeth. In a way, I won't. You know, this is a family show. I'm not going right. to go into it. You want to find out, you'll see the film. But I think that one she did by herself. I don't think that kind of an, situation would allow for a big audience but but i think that's basically you know i understand you know it it could go either way it didn't bother me too too much right it it just um the more the movie was going on it's sort of like if you're watching you know a a movie about the mob or some other wide scale criminal thing i mean i i think (laughs) i think eventually you just are the mob if you're if you're a big enough criminal (laughs) element right you're you're the mob you're right uh, you know, when you're watching a mob movie, you're thinking, you know, so what if if this guy just whacked the boss? If he's like the second man or third man or something like that, and yeah. he just whacks the boss, he can't because right. the rest of the mob will kill you for having killed him, right. and that doesn't get you anything. Yeah. But what about here? Anyone could kill her, and what yeah. would happen? Would they would I, they kill him? I mean, I don't some, know. you know, I don't know. Anyway. It just seems like everybody's afraid to try because if she's that vile and violent. And really doesn't care. Right. Like if if she's in a good enough mood for your attempt, she might let you live with like the most horrible disfigurements. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you would think that there would be some theory um, that they could have delivered a little bit more about she is the smart one getting stuff done right. and getting them all the money. Right. Which apparently must be true. Right. Except we kind of don't give that angle except to say, well, I mean, see, she's in charge, so it must be true or, you know, whatever, something like that. But anyway, I just, it was a little off-putting for me to kind of get behind behind her. But that one scene that with the giant guns. Yeah. I I mean, like what you were saying earlier, the the pleasure of this movie is that it, it kind of takes some risks in areas it didn't have to. It doesn't have to be as it could be just a political movie about fascist states, but it goes for some gore and right. some fun violence. And right. it doesn't have the standard eighties tough guy one liners. You know, there's no I nailed him or stick around, you know, after he throws somebody against the wall or something. There's there, he has a few moments of humor, but they are very deadpan. There are some um, and yeah, they are really they're they're, and like, they're fun. They're like Bob Newhart comedy. Yeah, you know? They're yeah. like as deadpan the, as you can get. I think that one of the things the film has going for it that you mentioned earlier is the speed. You it just moves at a great pace. It doesn't seem to slow down, except there's a moment and it's about it's about 
five or ten minutes before this big Gatlin gun thing where almost the movie seems to not know how to keep its cohesion and interest once it splits Judge Dredd up from his trainee um, judge, well, potential judge, candidate Anderson. Once they get split up, it, it felt like it lost its speed. It didn't slow. It just kind of slowed down. Right. We, and we it, weren't running anymore. We Yeah. He had to plan. There was some planning things, and there was some yeah. stuff. And it's not that this stuff is bad. It's just after after about 50 minutes of really great pacing and character and you know action there's a weird moment where it has to kind of stop and reset a little bit and then it's it's at this point where it sets up this big scene where they think they've got um the judge and his apprentice kind of locked down and it, then they bring out these huge guns, like crazy huge guns. We I can. Mean, you want to see if this is Christopher, or you want to yeah. see if it's somebody else? Yeah, we've got. My, my gripe is on hold for a moment. We've got a call there. Let's see what we can get with that. Hello, Hello. are you there? Yep. And will we be able to hear you? That's the real question. Yeah. Thing up. Is this Christopher? Yeah, this is Christopher. Can you guys hear me? Cool. Uh, we can, but we're. It would be good if we could hear you a little better. I think we got you. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you. It's it's not that loud for us, but yeah. it's fine for everybody else. But we'll we'll live. Okay. <laughs> so you have some more movies from Toronto to tell us about? Yeah, I thought I'd talk about some of the, the movies I didn't get to um, last week. So uh, maybe I'll start with some of the movies I wasn't as keen on. Um. For like for instance, probably the one I liked the, the least, and it was still a decent movie, but um, was the Iceman. And oh, this yeah. is a movie that stars Michael Shannon, and um, it's about this real life uh, uh, hitman for the mob in the sixties and seventies, and supposedly I guess he killed over like a hundred people. But um, it, it tells his kind of life story, and it. It's interesting. I mean, the the subject matter is interesting, and uh, Michael Shannon gives a really good performance. And there are some other good performances by like Ray Liotta and Chris Evans, who play someone very different from Captain America. But um, the it just it's very jumpy. Like it, it introduces you to the character and how he as he's doing this hitman stuff, he's also living this family life with the with his Winona Ryder and his kids, and and they don't have any clue at all that he's spending his time just killing people basically. So, um it, it just it it introduces you to that and then it just like jumps and how he gets into the mob and then it jumps ten years. And it just seems like it's it's such a rush to get to the part where his life gets <coughs> deteriorating that like you never they don't spend time getting to really understand like who this guy is. Right. So it, I felt like it would have worked more as maybe like a two night TV movie on HBO or a miniseries where they could have, right. yeah. Like I've, I've heard Michael Shannon was great in that. I, he, he, I've so heard awesome. a lot of people say. Um, I don't even know actually that I've heard anybody say this movie's awesome. Like all, all the quotes you see <laughs> right. are like Michael, Michael Shannon, Shannon is great. awesome. Yeah, right. yeah. That that is that's that's what keeps the movie as as good as it is. It, is his performance is so strong, um, and. But as as a movie, other than his performance and some of the, I thought Ray Liotta did pretty good and Chris Evans were you know definitely a lot different than Captain America. He does a good job. Um, so the performances are good, but the movie as itself is is has problems. Cool. 
Um, another one uh, that I liked around the, probably the same level is a, an Argentine film called Everybody Has a Plan. <laughs> and uh, this it stars Viggo Mortensen. Um, oh yeah, I've heard about that one. Yeah, he plays like two <laughs> twins. Like one one is a uh, like a pediatrician in some upscale city. Oh, I have heard this. Um, and then the other one is kind of uh, in this criminal world in this. It looks like the like the bayous, like if anyone's seen uh, Beast of the Southern Wild, it looks like that, because they get around in boats and stuff. Right. But, um, so it, it's, it's kind of like a film noir crime thing, and there's this big twist that happens fairly early on, so I don't really want to go too much into the plot. But, um, it it's done well, um, stylistically, but it's, this is another one that again doesn't really develop the character that that well, um, and especially the the pediatrician twin, like he right. takes a lot of drastic actions, and it's not really clear that why he's doing this stuff or who he is. It, it seems a little too focused maybe on the mood, and not enough on the the plot and the writing because you some of the characters they do these kind of very drastic things, but they there's not really much explanation. We're not sold on the fact that they would do that, right? right. Yeah, or, or other than the yeah. guy's just a weird guy, but it, they don't make him seem that strange. You, you know, I mean, he's he starts off as this normal person, and it just doesn't really have much right. insight, and it's, it gets frustrating sometimes after a while. That's kind of weird. You would think you have a movie right. about twins. That'd be like most of what you're doing is yeah. trying to trying to show them. I guess being different from each other or whatever it is that you're you're trying to get out of the fact that there are twins in the first place. Right. Yeah. I would think I, you would develop it, them. Yeah. It, yeah. It does allude to like some of their past growing up, and they they talk about this, but they it doesn't. I don't know, especially for the the one the one twin. Um, it doesn't doesn't really at least satisfactory to me, make it clear why he he does the things he does. Right. So, so this was uh, more of a disappointment? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's, it's um, it's, I guess it's from the same producers who did The Secret in Their Eyes, um, which I liked a lot. It was like an Argentine film a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, But um, it, it's like the same sort of style and tone as that, but it's not as well written at all. Right. That's a bummer because yeah. I, I like Vigo uh, yeah. a lot. He was in, I think, like three different movies that I really liked last year. Right, uh, and he does. Anyway. He has a pretty good performance too, just like Michael Shannon does in, in The Iceman. Right. Cool. Um, right. Another and, one uh, that w- was pretty good was uh, The Sessions. Oh yeah. For a second, I thought he said The Possession. I'm like, we did that. <laughs> yeah, uh, The Sessions, which is um, I've seen this trailer so many times now, but. Um, if for anyone who hasn't, it's about it's a true story. Um, the guy I think was named Mark O'Brien, and he was this kind of writer poet who, from a, like the age of six or seven, got polio and then became paralyzed from the neck down. And uh, I don't think it, I know that one. You, oh, you haven't seen the, the trailer at all? I have to go look at it. I don't think so. It Doesn't stars John Hawks and Helen Hunt and. Um, William H. Macy's in it, too. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, what happens is he no. decides, he's like the age of 38, that he wants to have sex, and even though he's mostly paralyzed. 
So he, you know, he's also a very religious man. That's why William H. Macy plays this uh, priest that he consorts with. And But he hires Helen Hunt as a sex surrogate and to, to get him to and, be able to have sex. And then hilarity ensues. Right. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that... And that's that's probably my main problem with it. I mean, just like you can say, and hilarity ensues. It kind of has that tone, um, yeah. by while being you know inspirational at the same time. But it, that the performances are are good, um, and it's it is entertaining enough. It but it basically after a while it boils down to the same joke, you know, over uh, and over again. Right, right. And then it it does feel a little like like the film. Like it's being edgier and naughtier than it, than it really is, you know. Yeah. So that that part's a little bit annoying, but um, but it you know I do have to admit it is entertaining enough. There are there are some funny things even if it gets a little bit old after a while, um, and the performances are, are pretty good. So it, it's not it's not bad, but it's you know I'd heard a lot of uh, buzz about it beforehand. I think it was at um, Sundance, so it, huh. I don't. It wasn't as good, and the audience that we were in, which seemed like basically a bunch, a lot of older middle-aged couples, right. loved yeah. it. They were one of it's one of those movies that uh, it's maybe got some PC protection from saying bad things about because yeah, you, know, you, you don't exactly. want to you don't want to be a, the critic who tears that movie apart and then <laughs> everyone will hate you, or right? Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of John Hawks. I thought he was really good in Winter's Bone and I even like his uh little role on um Eastbound and Down. But like I don't a lot of people are I've read say oh he should win the Oscar and it's a good performance but it kinda of reminds me of the uh the conversation in Tropic Thunder between um Robert Downey Junior and um Ben Stiller about, you know, going full retard or whatever. Right. Uh to get an Oscar and stuff like that. And it seemed like people are are giving him bonus points just for the fact right. that he doesn't move his body very much. Yeah. Right. There but, are, that, you know, I mean, that happens most years with the Oscars. Right. It's, uh, right. you know, what, what strange thing and what, and, and that's also, you know, that's got sort of a, a PC bonus points for getting yeah. awards. You right. Know? I mean, it's, it's yeah. just, it, it, you can, you get the right movie together and the right mo- role at, that someone's playing, and it's like you know you get you, you get politically correct bonus points right. towards your award win right. because people are going to say positive things about it just because that's the role it is. Yeah, it, yeah, and that there's definitely a, I got that feeling about this movie um, yeah. from a different, especially at different points in the movie, but. It, even so, it, it's not. It is a decent movie. It's just not. I think, like you said, no one, no one's going to tear this movie down. Right. You know. Cool. Oh, that, that's cool. Kind, that's kind of like, uh, you know, Precious. Or, yeah. You, you right. Know, I, I I I didn't I didn't love that movie, right. and and I I gave it a very like midland right. review, but. I'm allowed to, right? right? Because I don't work at the New York Times. Who's going to right. fire me tomorrow? Right. Because yeah. I said bad things about. <laughs> they they would have, <laughs> right? Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so it just we we should let you go pretty quick. But for people maybe who didn't uh, hear last week, hear last week, and actually, I don't even know if we said if we specifically said this, but what was your right. favorite movie 
from Toronto? What was the best thing you saw? My favorite was Francis Ha, uh, which is Noah Baumbach's newest movie. Um, it's a, a black and white movie uh, starring Greta Gerwig about her. Uh, she's like an older, upper 20s person, basically trying to find her direction in life. And it, But it, it's it, that might sound sort of corny, and it, it's been done before, but it's done really well. It's written really well, too. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I really can't wait for that. Yeah, after, after last week, I started yeah. trying to find A everything bit, I could yeah. about it and, yeah. and getting clips and uh, reading reviews or right. stuff like that, and and it really does. Yeah, it look looks like great. It looks really awesome. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even think it has a release date yet, unfortunately. But when, whenever it does come out, uh, you know, it's definitely worth seeing. Well, you filmed it from the festival, right? So you can just email it to us. <laughs> yeah, I can give you a we link, can watch and everyone tonight. can go see it for free. <laughs> oh wait, yeah. we're on the air. I shouldn't That's say that. Uh, <laughs> everybody Sorry, does that. In Toronto. Right. Everybody. Yeah. There's no rules Canada, in Canada. No <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks, Christopher. Yep. Nice All right, well, we're going to let you go and uh, try and wrap up some yeah. some Dread. Did, did did you happen to catch Dread? No, I didn't, but I, I've heard not just from you guys, but from a lot of places that it, it's a good a good movie. So It's a lot of fun. Yeah, Is it's it, it's surprisingly good. Did you guys see um, The Raid at all? Is it comparable to The Raid? Yeah, The Raid Redemption. I, yeah. I actually said that as we were walking out Everybody of the theater. Everybody is saying this now. It's so, I said, <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I, I said it seems a little raid redemption for me. Uh, it's but, just one of these things I think that just happened to be on the production production schedule just behind. Right. The I mean it's not the most well, novel of idea, but I mean you could go back as far as Die Hard and even before that and just be like, look, right. we've got a building, we got to go after it, it. But it has, yeah, it has a lot of similarities, I yeah. guess, just because it can't. Really not. How can you not? Yeah, but it, but it's not like, in, yeah, right. But it's still. It, it's not like it, they ripped it off because I mean that that right. is what happens in Dread. Yeah. It is yeah. these big right. towers and everything. But it is interesting that it's very cool. It parallel. feels like that yeah. movie it, to a certain extent. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon enough. I'm sure. Yep. Yep. Thanks a lot for calling cool. in. Yeah. No problem. All righty. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, that's very cool. All right. Um, all right. So uh, we're, we are running out of time, so I'll speed this up. Um, basically, there's a section of the film where they decide to just go all out and bring four or three of these huge I, Gatlin I, guns. I think it's and three, but they're like insane They're guns. enormous. They're, they're like guns through. that should be attached to giant planes. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. I mean, they are... And they're ripping through walls, not just a wall or two walls, but it looks like every wall. But, and I'm thinking while they're like firing. Four really, or five in a row, yeah. like two foot sections of concrete, just exploding out of the and way. And still, yeah. it goes all the way through them and everything. And I just thought, look, what you want to do is you want to facilitate this thing where you've got dread pinned down, or you think you've got him, and now you've right. just unload everything. And you want to also make it so that the next scene, where everyone that is firing at him thinks, "Well, we had to have gotten him. We killed everybody on this floor." Right. Dread then comes out and throws a body over the edge and just turns around and walks back as if to say, right. like, you didn't get anything. Now, that part for all made the whole thing worth it, it because did. that part was it awesome. It was awesome, and it, and it works, and it, and it exists to make that scene happen. But instead of basically destroying the whole building, 
right. just to get this one person because they're not on the top floor when they do this. They're like halfway up. Right. And if you have that much artillery with that strength of firepower and you're shooting through the walls and the supports, exactly, you're going to bring the building that's, down. That's exactly like, that what I was That was the biggest thinking. problem that I had. I'm like, why would you ever do this when all you have to do is go in with fire or throw some or bombs more in bo- there right. and you whatever. can still create right. the atmosphere to make the scene that we both like happen right you just don't have to and really and it also the- has you know the other thing is that it makes for some neat shots of right. you know when we're there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie where we want to look down the center of this tower because yep. you know exactly. we should say i guess right. that the tower is like a square but like with the you know, a certain portion of the middle out, right. all the way open, all the way all to, the, the, top, way to right. the top. And so we want to do lots of things where we show that, right. right? So this is another thing where it makes for interesting shots yep. when we're spinning around and when we're looking from above at shooting all the way across the hole. Right. And, you know, they are actually some kind of cool they shots. Are. Yeah. But the thing just does not make sense, like you were saying. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking when it happened. And I wouldn't mind if they were just shooting some guns. Right, absolutely. And they were, That's go- cool. and they were going, we have him trapped in like this certain place where if we shoot enough, he'll be dead. Right. But that's not really true for no. how the building is. We have to be able to like shoot through the walls, Everything, yeah. take the concrete out, and by the time they're done... There is like a whole corner of right. one floor where there's nothing, nothing. there anymore. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, are the engineers of this building okay <laughs> right. with the fact yeah. that you did that? And did we yeah. at all think about the fact that maybe, you know, I mean, yeah. maybe that's a supporting wall or something. It was just a weird moment of, of comic book telling versus, you know you're not going to really say like okay they have a gun that can shoot 12 different types of bullets right you know, because this isn't I, real i mean you because you, i mean the building's in, coming down in the compromise of the story it's, it's just it doesn't make sense so. right but it that scene that comes out of it is really it's cool great. and it's so it's so crazy cool that he doesn't do anything he just yeah he just doesn't what's really good about that whole scene i think is as much as this is just kind of a you know crazy action movie and everything so many people who were in charge of this movie would make him say something, yeah, right. make him give her a dirty look, right. you know, Just have do him something, have yeah. him take a shot at her right. from across the way, or you know, whatever. And awesome. All he does is walk out. Chuck the body over, and then you just see the back of right. him walking back yeah. into the smoke, and it's perfect. It is awesome. And and like, like I said, so many people getting a hold of this movie would make that go right. wrong. And there were a lot of scenes like There's that. There a lot of actually. decisions where they played it right, and they there they, were they, plenty of places to screw that up. Right. There were a lot of times yeah. that you could you could watch this movie and go. You know, if somebody else was doing it, what would happen here is is right. this because it's the easy thing it's, to yeah. do, and it's like the easy sell to audiences. Kind of, you right. know, if he comes out and like says some, you know, tough throws line. some line at her about yeah. that you missed, or right. you, you yeah. know, something like that. The, you know, that's the easy sell to audiences. Yeah, a, a, most a lot of the time, time, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of that where they don't do that. So, do you want to try to go over? You want to try to? I mean, do you have tons more? I don't know if I have tons more, but we we might uh, go over a little bit. But All so right. we. Fine.
wrap up the liveness right. real quick. And now now it's cool because it's turned up and it's going to come it. back in the microphone that you can hear our little <laughs> you have 90 seconds or whatever. Right. So um, just to you know get this out real quick for live listeners, I'm really kind of leaning towards like four stars, three and three quarters or four yeah. stars or so, something like that. Even the disagreement that I had about this one scene, it's not major enough to take away from the that I had film thinking about it on a hundred point scale this easy is an this is an easy 80 at least for me right. and that's four stars right i mean i don't i don't want to put it up to four and a half because it, then it's really getting into the best films of all time kind right of thing. especially but trying to go is, for what kind of movie this right. is it, it doesn't have trying to do it, it's yeah. just surprisingly fun it's really entertaining um you know the cast is great even though you you know you're not nitpicking the actors you're nitpicking the characters right. you know i thought that um, oh, I thought she was great. Anderson, the, the Olivia, actress herself, right? I thought Lena was Headley. Great. I, I don't believe the character. Olivia Thurby, who plays the the neophyte, the trainee, she's the emotional gravity of the whole film, and she pulls it off. And Judge Dredd is the unrelenting justice part, and Urban is great. Right. He's so much fun in that. So I easily stars. Right. Okay. Easily. So so two four stars, yeah. which might shift a little bit. And uh, next week we will have Looper. Yeah. So we will uh, let the live audience go, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Check out the contest. Yep. And I don't know when it exactly that should ends, be it. but yeah, whatever. The the other things that I did want to say, um, you know, thanks for tuning back in if you now had to download the podcast right. to, get, Hello uh, again. to get our next few minutes or whatever. Um, now, now my phone. Going on. Well, your your phone that's, can go off a bit. That's, that's um, the kind of show we're running here. Maybe it's somebody who's telling you that the the show is great. Maybe you're getting an instant reaction review. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you can you, you're gonna do your phone or I'll. Oh no, no, you got your point. No, that's right. I was anyway, carry um, yeah, you could carry this. No, oh, no, go ahead. Um, you know, the other thing, like uh, we didn't actually talk a lot about, you know, the trainee. Many things is since we were just talking about how there were these things that could easily go wrong. Right. Nothing could more easily go wrong than her character altogether. Right. And I think it was really, for the most part, you know, there you might find a couple of nitpicky things here and there, or or anyone might. Um, but I think for the most part, she was spot she was on. Perfect man. She was so. And good. what the real trick of her to have to come through for the whole movie is that she has to do certain things that he wouldn't do right? and have her reasoning behind doing it and, you know, change his mind to a certain degree right. and have him give her the pass in the end. I mean, right. you know, spoiler alert at the right. end, she, well, she, there's she a great gets moment. You, you know, in the end that, you know, he's going to, you know, in the end, she's going to pass. But it's interesting. He actually has a long moment when the chief judge, his boss, is asking, like, how did she do? She pass or fail? Right. And he watches her walk away because she knows she's failed. One of the rules for failure is if you – if as a judge you lose your weapon, you fail immediately. Right. Like there's no, oh, I dropped it or I dropped it to save your life. It doesn't matter. If you lose your weapon, you're, you fail. Right. And she loses her weapon and she does other things and she admits to them later. She says, I know I can't pass the test anymore. It's just about getting out of here. I've right. already lost my gun. 
And she walks away in defeat, you know, but also in strength, knowing that she did what she had to do and she did what was right by her. And Dredd just watches her and goes, yeah, she passed. She's a pass. You know? And it was very cool. And, and, you know, she she does other things, too. Seriously, with your... I'm so sick. I'm sorry. Did that sound like I was right in your ear? Yeah. Sorry about that. Usually I try to turn away, but I let that one come. There's a... My apologies. (laughs) There's a point where she lets somebody go, too. Right. That was a Um, cool scene. Where she, you know, because she's psychic... She can get his whole story and yeah. and everything that happened, and so she gets the information out of him that she needs, and she lets him go and says, "Just get the hell out of here." Yeah, and he, you know, comes back because that's the other thing is like, I forget exactly how they put it at the beginning, but it's like, you know, if you misjudge someone, right, or you you, you miss right. you miss misread the crime and yep. you know whatever you you basically give wrong judgment or something then right. you fail right. then you just instantly fail and he says explain or right. you know you what, let him he, go explain you know you whatever know. right and she's you know she gives this whole story about you know because he says something like you know i don't know he did this or he the these crimes or something right. and you let him go i don't know and she says she gives this little thing about how he's more of a victim than a than a criminal. Right. He's just he's trapped in here, forced to do what she tells him to. Right. And until my evaluation's over, I still get to make the judgment. Right. right. And so I'm making the judgment. And and there's like this cool. This is getting really close to the end, but but there's this cool kind of shift in what she tells him that she's doing right because now she's like she's already at the point where she lost her gun and she she's just of the mind that she's going to fail no matter what so it doesn't matter so now she like takes the whole judge thing a whole other way which is cool that we're getting like these kind of spins on what it means to be a judge and be in this system where there are judges right and so now she gives it back, you know, she kind of throws judges right back in his face and says, you know, she clearly thinks that she's going to fail no matter what she does. So she goes, but until this is over, I get to make, right. I get to make the call. Decisions are mine. Yeah. And I'm going to make whatever call I want now right. because she thinks she's going to fail anyway. Right. right. Exactly. So now there's this whole thing where, and, and you know, he gives his like, uh, or, right. you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> so now we've got this other like spin where it's you know when you're when you're the judge and you're out there and, and you pass and you're him and you're not a trainee right right that is what it is it's right. like you make whatever right. decision you want really you're supposed to be making the yeah. right decisions but when it comes down to it you've already passed right there's nobody's watching you with cameras going, did he make the right call or yeah. anything? It's all really about not necessarily what the law is, but right. what you say it is. Right. And she says, well, I, I say it's this, I'll one up you on yeah. that because yeah. I'm just going to say that, yeah. it, that I think it's this. And he buys it. He takes it. Right. So that was, I, that was he, really cool that we get all these different little yeah. nudges of what's kind of going on. So. She's she's great. The whole cast is really great in this regard where she kind of 
has scenes with everybody, you know, and right. she's basically us. She's the she has to go in the in the period of this evaluation from a uh, little naive and doe-eyed to right. hardened. Like my life is actually in danger in this very specific right. moment. I have to be hard, and she does it. You know, right. and it's not like she flips a switch. It's this gradual kind of thing where, and she really, she really starts off not wanting to. There's a right. you almost really kind of question at the beginning, like, does she, does she ever really want to be a judge? Right. And you know, so we have to have the conversation, and it's given to us pretty well, you know, about why she wants to, and she thinks she yeah. can make a difference, right? And she really has this kind of. You know, I don't know, really like left wing tree huggery kind of, yeah. you know, I'm going to help people and right. and make a difference. And, you know, so obviously she gets thrown into it and it's like, OK, now you're at work. Kill that guy. Right. Literally. And, and yeah. she goes, uh, you know, and it's like, here, make your difference. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, it's, and it's cool. It's a bigger. See, this is the bigger part of stuff to talk about when a movie like this comes out is, you know, he's basically there to punish crime and eradicate it, right. you know, get it away from me and, and rule by fear. And she's more about the rehabilitation side of justice, which is to say, look, I know things are rough, but you can do this right? and I'll help you. And it's interesting when they meet that there's really only a thin ribbon between what they both ultimately want, but it's a big divide if you look at it from just the right angle. Right. And, and they both end up, you know, on any given day or whatever, right? they they do the exact same thing. Right. He thinks, you know, I'm killing this guy because I'm, you know, punishing crime that happened. And she just looks at it as like I'm protecting all the people that would be hurt by this person or whatever. It's just that they've got their own spin. And what I think is funny is there is a part to this movie, uh, like just a quick thing, that could – is another one of those things where it it could – come through as like the dumbest cheesiest thing and yet by the time we get to it in this movie you really kind of like it because you know at the beginning they're they're about to go into the drug bus place and he says are you ready and she she goes yeah and he goes you don't look ready right and then we get way later on in the film right where he goes are you ready and she says yes and he goes you look ready you look ready yeah and and it's like you know she does right boom she's like done all this stuff and she's yeah. you know, gone through the it's ringer awesome. and come out the other side yeah. and she does look ready. Yeah. And in another movie that could just be like, you know, cheesy nonsense, right. Right. Schwarzenegger, yeah. goofy lineness. Yeah. They, but here it works and they give you enough stuff around that happening yeah. that you can take that and think it's cool. Right. One of the yeah exactly instead of going cheesy or something. one of the things because you just bring it up Schwarzenegger reminded me of like the problem when you have Sylvester Stallone or someone really super famous you know in this film it's the same reason why um, other comic book films bring up the ire of fans of it like why does why does Spider Man have to be unmasked so much why did Andrew Garfield have to be and it's and it's the answer is a little bit like cross across the board when you have somebody like Stallone or Garfield and you've paid them an incredible amount of money, you want to show their face. Right. Having somebody who's skilled and talented like Urban, who has been very cool about the idea of in the story, you never see Judge Dredd's face. Right. There's a moment where in the comic book you do, but they put like a big black bar over it. So you don't <laughs> right. really see so it. You don't. And you're not supposed to ever see the face 
of justice. You know, right. it's supposed to be this. He's been very cool about like, I don't need to show my face in this film. Like not even when I'm getting ready to go judge, like I'm going to always have this helmet on and really right. that's the way it is. And that's, that's cool in a way. It's really hard for him to act basically with his mouth and his chin. The only other guy in the planet that can act with his chin like this is Bruce Campbell. You know, these are the right. only two guys, and I think I think he did so amazing. But she's so more; she is not more important to the story. She's as important to the success of why I like this film as he is. It's almost like a real fifty-fifty split. Like, I think I would have still liked it if she hadn't been in it and it had just been him because he's amazing. Right. But she brings so much to it, um, representing us getting used to the law and the crime right. and the decisions and. The surprising moment, which I won't ruin, I'm just going to say it was a very cool moment in the story that happens pretty early on and made me respect the type of story that it's trying to be. When I said earlier, it takes chances that it didn't have to. It could have played this very, for lack of a better word, you know, dumb. It could have just been a smash explosion comic book film. Right. And there's a moment where she's forced to judge um, one of the one of the bad guys in the building. And his judgment is death because he tried to kill the judges. And later they encounter um, someone who knows this person. And it's an incredibly effective and surprising moment of storytelling that is so subtle. And then when you realize who he was to this person, you're like, oh, wow, that was that was awesome. That worked so well. Right. And that is even more, you know, a, it, it's it's weird because this just is the the genre we're in. Right. Where it's, you know, really action focused and, you know, yeah. even to some extent, just the fact that we're in a comic book, except this is not, this is almost like not comic book right. material. Not your superhero kind Because of comic. it's not what people are going to think right. of. You know, when you say comic book, it's like the Avengers, Spider-Man, right. Superman, and stuff right. like that. And, and those are just, that's really kind of a different genre, I think, yeah. than, than this movie is. But this just is a genre where almost everything you try to do, ha no matter what your great intentions are for it, has a really goofy way it could right. be the dumbest thing ever, right? Yeah, right. And that is another example of when we have that moment where she meets the person and they're in that apartment or whatever, right? Yeah. Where, you know, that just could have been so... Stupid Dumb. and yeah. cheesy and and almost you know nonsense. Oh sure, we're in this whole world of this gigantic right. building, and that's the apartment we happen to find. Yeah, and it and it's, it could have come across just really lame, right. and it still works. It's maybe not great or anything, yeah. but but it still works really well. They managed to to make it out the other end of that right. okay, and you're kind of surprised. And the way that they use her ability to be a psychic, you know, they don't say she's like Charles Xavier, like she can just kill people by thinking at them. Right. But she's not just able to like, oh, I can remember where I put my keys. Like that, you know, right. she's she's supposed to be a powerful but untrained psychic. And the way that they decide to use it, like when they're pinned down, they're actually in a, a place where they can't get out and they're in the hall and they're getting they're getting surrounded she just uses her psychic ability to know the name of the person behind the door and just says to them, like, Susan, let right. me in. Right. Like, who is it? No, let me in. And and that's such an awesome, subtle right. notion. And, and that's great storytelling. And, and and that's 
you know, the thing there's there's another time um, where, and you know, we can wrap up before too long. But there's there's another time where she uses her psychic thing in something that would be a big deal. And I'm just going to say now that at this point, you know, we may become very spoilery and we will probably finish before long, right? But right. but there's the part where the bad judges come. Yeah. And the one bad judge is on guarding mama detail. Yeah. And uh, so she she was – uh, she was captured, right? The rookie was captured. Yep. Now she escapes, and the judge who's up there is like, oh, "I'll go, I'll go take her out." Right. And there's about a million cheesy ways that you could have played out the two of them facing off with each other. Right. And I think this we made the perfect decision on how that plays out. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it's just like, nope. <laughs> well, even that bad judge says to Mama, she said, you know, I've got an advantage. She's going to see me as a judge, and she's going to hesitate. And when I see her, I'm not going to hesitate at right. all. Right, right. So if I see her first, I shoot her. If right. she sees me first, she hesitates because I'm a judge, and I shoot her. It's awesome. And then when it comes and, – and so you know as soon as she says that, that's right. not going to work. Right, right, right. And yet it plays out really well. And uh, just the fact that this movie can just – do what it wants to do right. and not have to overplay things. Right. And it's just so, you know, I don't, <laughs> I, I kind of don't want to spoil the scene, but you kind of can't talk about it without right. spoiling it because there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. So, uh, you know, that doesn't work out. <laughs> the whole hesitation <laughs> thing. But when she's talking about that, it's funny because. What you know when she says that to Mama, right? right. She d- explains how it's going to go down. What you think as an audience member is, well, well, that's not going to work right. because what you, what's going to happen is exactly what happens. Yeah. Except that in most movies, that's not exactly how it would happen. Right. There would be like some cheesiness to it. We would, you know, right. have to throw in some. They'd forget some she's psychic. They'd, they'd be like some whatever. stumbling thing, and no, right? Or, or it would be, you know, yeah. it, it's work to be psychic, and it would, right? It, it would right. take a that hesitation right. anyway yeah. it, no. to get it done. Yeah. But, no, but that was really cool. Yeah. Whenever, the, whenever there's stuff like that, where you know, it should just. Be it should just be right, but man, how many times in movies do we not just let it be? And right. How many times does this movie do it over right. and over, over and over again? It's, yep. And the whole thing just comes together so well. Now, um, since we're going to be really close to wrapping up, and I should say this because uh, I threw it out early in our talking about it anyway, yeah. but I didn't really love the end. And and I I still give the movie yeah, four stars and there are you know I have my little nitpicky things but they yeah. don't really amount to a whole lot right. in in terms of what the rating is but if you look at you know what is this movie trying to be and how well did it do it I mean I I'm I'm pretty solidly in yeah. the four stars but I just kind of didn't like the ending yeah. there's there's something. I just I wanted to have an ending. I feel like, and <laughs> well, I don't I don't feel like I really got an yeah. ending. And just because the movie stopped playing at one point does not mean that there was an ending. I mean, 
the movie ended. <laughs> well, after after that, Mama is taken care of. You know, there's nothing left. The building opens, and the judge right out. There's the a whole squadron of judges outside at and, that point. And yeah. basically, all you have to do now is wait for his verdict on her, which we've already said she passes, and basically the movie ends. Right. Um, but like I said to you before the show started, I thought that the movie existed to introduce the world of Judge Dredd and to introduce how the system works, put him in a situation, see how his character works. And then once that situation is done, the, basically the movie is over. Like There are abilities for sequels here. And I didn't really have a big problem with the end. I mean, it wasn't tearful and there weren't doves flying and there wasn't anything extended. It just it ended. And I was I okay with that. So. I know. I just, uh, you know, like I said, it's not a big deal. It's not like Savages, you know, where I was really pissed at the ending right. because there was no ending. A horrible movie. Because in that movie, it was kind of the same thing. Like, there is no ending. There's just right. there's a point at which it stops. Right. But it's not like you get an end to the story you're watching. And in this movie, you know, it's not like it was a it, it was as big a penalty, I guess. Yeah. But I just had a similar feeling that I wanted some kind of ending other than – What did you want? Other like, than obviously the bad guy's dead, well, and so now it's happened. now it's over, yeah. right? You know, I don't know. I just, you just I wanted – You know you wanted something else. It's, it's sort of like if we went all the way through this movie and – so, I mean, we're spoiling the movie because Judge Dredd wins and the bad right. guys don't, right? right. But so – Mama dies yeah. in, and that was another. That was a little overly slow mo for me. <laughs> I don't know that that yeah. needed to go on quite so long yeah. and try to be quite so, you know, I don't know, pretty in slow mo or whatever. But it's like she dies, and like right then we like fade to black. Yeah, I mean because that's the end. Right, we know what what's going to happen after that, and yeah. but that's not an ending, but. Yeah. You know, do I know what I wanted to yeah. happen after that? I don't know. I just, yeah. I just felt like maybe there should be more, some, so. a little bit more of what was going on. I don't know, but well, maybe even, we didn't really establish enough other things yeah. beyond this to or, talk about. Or maybe it's. I always want to call him Peter Travers. We were joking about this. Just Pete Travis. Maybe it was Travis's way of making you see the film like the judge. Like basically, this case is closed. Right. Next. Once this like, is over, and basically then that's, that's all there it. is. Like there's a there's a conclusion and then done. Right. And it is cool because the thing that I liked about the ending, which you know this will be weird because I didn't like the ending for the exact same reason that I liked the ending. <laughs> right. What I did kind of like about the ending You're a is, mess. That, is that we God. didn't have to like go all sappy with stuff. Right. right? She just storms away. Right. She's she, not. She's not holding. She him just. Or... She just goes. I know. I don't pass. Right. So, you know, Hell I don't want to be a judge anymore. Right. Here's my badge. And she just storms off. And it's after that yeah. that he has the conversation right. with the commander, whoever it is, and, yep. and says that she passes. And now you're kind of going, well, what does that mean? Because, I mean, sorry, left. Right. And she's yeah. gone. And, she yeah. has, and I, I'm not absolutely sure, but I feel like she said something like she doesn't even want to be a judge anymore. She's a judge. Um at, Once and, you're in, you can't get and out. Yet, and yet now she passed, <laughs> yeah. and then that's the end of the movie. So I think that was pretty cool, actually, yeah. that we got to where, you know, she just storms off and we don't have to get all 
sappy Funny. and mopey and because that does not exist in this world. No. Anyway. Right. There's so. no room for it. And right. she figures that out and demonstrates it like in the moment. You know, this will be the last thing really probably we should say we've covered a lot. But she when she's walking by and she keeps walking away and Dredd is watching her and he's contemplating his review – it, the the emergency medical services like she goes by a couple ambulance people and they like try to help her and she pushes them like get off me get away from me right like, I don't right. need you and that's like in a weird way I wonder if that was like the moment where he watched her and he goes yeah she passes like if she yeah. needs a band aid she fails like, <laughs> right but if she if she can go honey boo boo right them, and it's you know? and it's funny too so because it was cool because it happened right it, after it's that. funny went, too because uh, he he stares at her at all, in all these different moments throughout the film yeah. where he just kind of looking at her <laughs> yeah which is also weird because it's like you can't really get his expression right you're kind of like just imagining his expression yeah because of you know, what you think about the way he thinks about things. Right. And she's looking at her, uh, he's, he's looking at her and you don't really know what's going on. And then you don't get anything out of it either. (laughs) Then, then he just looks away. Right. And we move on. Right. And it's like, you, you just have to take from that what, what you can, because they're not going to over explain stuff and, and try and shove stuff down your throat. It's like, there's a helmet looking at her. (laughs) It's not even like you can see his eyes or his expression or whatever. It's not slightly opaque. It's really, it's not, it's not like Top Gun where they're flying around and rip their, rip their masks off anyway. (laughs) So that you can see their face. Right. But, but you know he looks at her, or you know he's got a like a uh, yeah, you know, or <laughs> awesome. you know whatever. What a great film, man! I I hope I think it's doing well. You know the numbers it, I saw it was it was, it was not really the well. top. House at the end of the street right was the top, but it I, it was fairly close. Interestingly, and I just looked real quick. Uh, I was looking at Metacritic for two things. I saw the House at the end of the street was getting killed in reviews. But you know horror films, especially in the fall, they're going to do but, great. Yeah, you know, right. it's, when we went to go see the film, there was a ton of date crowd that right. looked like they came exactly. out. We were like, "What the hell did they just come from?" Well, because the the date night is harder to sell, right? Dread to. But it right? was it was funny to uh, it was funny to see that review when it was it was getting tanked. And Dread, as far as its review from professional reviewers, was about a sixty. You know, it was mostly favorable, but some. But the the audience reviews were. All positive. Every single one of them was right. positive. No one had a negative thing to say. I looked at the master just briefly because it's the one thing we haven't seen, right. and I don't know if we're going to double duty or whatever. And we'll figure that out later, I guess, but probably not. But I thought it was fifty-fifty um, professional reviews. People loved it or they hated it. Right. And the audience, hundred percent. Well, it was like ninety-nine percent. Hated it. Right. It was just right. this funny flip of, you know, this is what the audience it's, seemed to dig and you know, not the other. It's just one of those movies. It's, it's like just those um, weird polarizing things that come up. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> it's funny because a lot of people have uh, – I've been talking to a lot of people recently about The Master and it looks so good. Yeah. And I'm going, does it really? <laughs> yeah. Because it looks kind of, you know – Slow and you know everybody's talking about the master, you know, with the Scientology and right, and, and kind and of making that you know connection, to making it. that the story versus. And I'm going, you know, I feel like it looks like a really slow, really odd spin on something that's at least really close to some kind of cult, right? Right. And I I won't go so far as to say a cult like Scientology, but some kind <laughs> of some kind of cult, right? Right. 
And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I would if I would really get into that. I hear that the performances are great. I don't know that it's really my kind of movie, but it's that kind of thing when you're looking at IMDb where it's like, um, oh, the Tree of Life, right? You know, you are not going to get high audience ratings right. on the Tree of Life. I don't care what happens. Right. I mean, because that movie, even if you, you know, you might love it as a critic or whatever and and i actually did not love it right at all but it's it's one of those it it, to me that movie is kind of like uh really weird modern art you know where it's like all the all the art critics go wow well there's this and there's that and you know the people walking by going what the what hell is, is that right. crazy yeah. crap, right? right? And it's like the Tree of Life is like trying <laughs> to make a modern art painting as a movie or right. something like that. Right. And the Master it has a similar feel, not quite so, right. you know, but it's it just feels like those movies that are, we're only making this because we're trying to win an Oscar, not right. even necessarily because we're trying to tell some great story, but right. because we're trying to cookie cutter things in yeah. to the positions that win right. awards. Right, picture is some... Plus, it's got uh, it's got Joaquin Phoenix in it, right. and just the fact that anyone gave him a job again right. after his nutball stand right. is a major a major cool. major penalty <laughs> for me because yeah. I'm like, what? Uh, right. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, we don't need to go on about that, and I guess we're pretty much done with dread. So yeah. Um, so anyway, very positive. I was way surprised. Yeah, I thought if I was lucky, I was going to get like a three star movie. Yeah. If if I was really lucky, and <laughs> and it was so much better than I expected. Look, we're done, but I'm just going to say real quick, this is kind of what I was hoping Total Recall was going to be. Me too. You know, basically yeah. this feeling, which was, I know you're redoing something that was just, I mean, it's basically the same thing. It was just right. action, one liners, tough guys yep. fighting each other, and this just nailed it on every single cylinder. And Total Recall for me—I know you liked it more than I did—but it just just dropped it every single chance it had. And if if Total Recall had been like this, uh, it would have been a totally different. It, it ball could game. have been so awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, actually, uh, like as you were trying to say at the beginning of of that last little spiel. Um, you know, really hope people go out to see this. Yeah, and, I do too. And don't I'd love to see and more. don't let it kind of you know right. pass by and kind of go. Eh, It'd be cool to know, see dread, you know the same crew that wrote and directed and starred. Just bring these guys all back for one more. Right. And just make it a little bit you know more explosive. And not that it needs it, but let's just up it up a little bit. Right. There's a ton of really great stories in the Judge Dread in the Judge Dread universe, and there's all kinds of different things. Um, and anybody who's familiar with it, if this can get a trilogy, I bet in the next film or in the third installment, they'll have Judge Death. And that's probably the big bad guy. Because like what you were saying earlier... I have no idea what that means. What you were saying earlier is you have to find a villain who is challenging for Judge Dread right. and all of his tricks and abilities and special weapons and right. things. And there's a there's a judge who's bad like gone like rogue really or... really 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 bad and yeah, judge yeah. death is it and causes a lot of trouble for dread cool and maybe that's the one to bring back and then who knows what they'll do in the third one right i don't know who uh, knows we, yeah it was it was really cool though so yeah. uh next week like we said next week looper very definitely going to be looper if we get it and uh well, no, we should. It's, oh, I know. I'm just. I'm not trusting right, anything exactly, that the theater is doing The master switched. We don't yeah. even get dread in 3D. Right. Who knows what? Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, check out 
what we're the whole contest thing. Right. You know, go review us on iTunes and leave a comment. And like I, like I said, it's a pretty cool prize, and it's going to be out of thirty. Right. I, I mean, when there's thirty, it's over. So it's not like uh, you know, right. there are thousands of entries or you this know, is like a contest. Whatever, right. Hunger Games. There's only going to be one out of thirty. That's right. And it's, it could be you. Right. Katniss. And after Looper, I think that next week is another uh, crap week. I'm not absolutely sure, but I think there, I think there's nothing that spectacular the next week after hmm. that. And then after that, then it's like every week there's every something week. really cool. Yeah. So cool. there's even a week where uh, I don't remember exactly when it is, but uh, Frankenweenie is up against something big, and I'm like, ooh, Frankenweenie. Let's do two. That, that could be cool. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, anyway, yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We <laughs> will be back next week with Looper and uh, check us out at areyouscreening dot com. Thanks. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.